Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're very much focused on serving what I like to call impact athletes, impact artists, and impact creators on a mission to serve others and protect the planet. Hello and welcome to Our Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy K. Spear. This show explores what our impact is, what we can do about it, and how we can help scale positive outcomes and solutions. We'll be learning from people doing strong work across nonprofits, academia, business, and sport to connect the dots and find ways that we can all take action. This show is as a result of my own searching. A few years ago, I measured my carbon footprint for the first time, and I realized how my travel as a professional beach volleyball player is actually at odds with the positive impact I'm striving to have. I wanted to act, but it wasn't clear where to begin. I've made a number of changes since then, but I'm still learning more every day. I hope you find these conversations useful and that the ideas we explore might help you take action in your own life and community. This episode is brought to you by Mir. The reason I partnered with Mir is that they make beautiful products I enjoy using day to day and traveling, which helps them cut down on single use plastic. I can't tell you how nice it is to have their Thermo 3D vacuum insulated bottles keep my water ice cold the whole day when I'm at the beach training or competing. My favorites for the beach and travel are the 42-ounce wide-mouth water bottle for hydration, the 20-ounce travel tumbler for coffee, and the food canister that I pack my son's school lunches in. Aside from making awesome drinkware, they've earned B Corp, 1% for the planet, and climate-neutral certifications, so you know they're taking transparent action to have a positive social and environmental impact. And if that wasn't enough, every Mirror product sold helps fund nonprofit partners working at the intersection of communities and the environment. There's literally a giving code on every product, so you can look up Mir's impact made possible by your support. Go to mir.com and use Casebeer20 to receive 20% off your order. This episode is brought to you by Rise Brewing Co. Rise makes my favorite nitro cold brew coffee and provides energy for good people to do good things. If I'm at home, I start my day with Rise's original black nitro cold brew with their oat milk, or if I'm heading to the beach to train or surf, I'll take a mocha or vanilla latte with me. The best part is that Rise is 100% USDA certified organic. The oat milk Rise makes is tasty and impactful. Farming oats uses about six times less land than farming dairy and six times less water than farming almonds. I've been working to shift towards a plant-based diet, but I'm not perfect and it's definitely a process. Rise makes it easier for me because I can swap half and half for Rise's tasty plant-based oat milk and I'm supporting certified organic farmers, all while enjoying delicious nitro coffee. Head to Rise Brewing Co. and use Jeremy's C15 for 15% off your order and free shipping. My guest today is John Balcom, author of the book Three Wins Sponsorship and the founder of Third Wing Group. TWG is an agency serving impact athletes, artists, and creators on a mission to serve others and pursue their passions. The traditional business model for agencies working with athletes or artists is to maximize the revenue of sponsorships or partnerships, similar to shareholder primacy. TWG has a different focus, though. They want to maximize the revenue and the impact for their clients with a shift towards stakeholder capitalism. As a professional beach volleyball player, I've done sponsorships every which way, but I always felt that there had to be a better model. I wanted to work with brands that I actually respect. When I found John's book two years ago, I reached out to him, and I quickly found that we had shared values, and especially the belief that sports offers an untapped opportunity not just to compete for championships and competitive success, but to also compete on impact. We began working together to build sponsorships with mission-line brands that have certifications like B Corp, 1% for the Planet, and Climate Neutral. And John also helped me build partnerships with Parlay for the Oceans and Forest Stewardship Council to advance the strong work that they're doing. 
I may be biased, but I'm confident that this is the direction that sports partnerships and marketing is headed. In our conversations, we give some examples like Steph Curry and Barcelona to highlight what win-win-win partnerships are all about. I hope you enjoy this conversation and find it useful. John Balgum, this has been a long time coming, man. Looking forward to talking shop. Hey, Jeremy, the, the honor is all mine and the privilege is all mine. I remember talking about this show many, many moons ago and to see you building it out, it's been a lot of fun. So happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, I mean, it seems fitting because one, you helped me take the leap in launching this. And then two, I basically came across your work and your book through Matthew Campelli's Sustainability Report where you're interviewed on his podcast talking about three-win sponsorship. So I figured we could start there. What is three-win sponsorship and how did you come up with the idea for the book? Yeah, well, it is basically my thesis or my lens on how I look at the, both the business world and specifically the sports entertainment marketing world. For a little bit of context on why I decided to write the book, I come from a background of working in startups and growth stage companies. I was working at a company called EverFi in my hometown of Washington, D.C. And yeah, we were doing these large-scale social impact programs uh, focused on youth education. And within EverFi, we had a sports entertainment division. And essentially what we were doing, we were running large-scale youth education programs using technology and online content, but on behalf of the largest sports entities in the world, the NFL, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the Premier League. We were working with, with some of the biggest uh, franchises. We were working with big-time athletes and even entertainers. So, you know, my, my experiences there at EverFi definitely influenced my thinking about business, about the sports and entertainment world and about marketing. So I basically had this opportunity to join a group called Creator Institute, where their mission is to help create creators, uh, which is a mouthful, but their, their idea is, hey, you know, if you want to advance in your career, you want to stand out, you should have a creation event, right? You should put yourself, put your name on something that is a, a piece of work, right? A, a substantial piece of work like a podcast uh, or, or a book. And that is one way to propel yourself from where you are to where you want to go and to really go on a journey of you know, not only creating a book, but kind of creating the future that you want. So, you know, this is a cool, cool program. When I was, you know, at EverFi enjoying my work and loving my work, I heard about this program through my connections at Georgetown and the professor from Georgetown who created this organization I said, you know what, why not? Why don't I, I join this group? You know, it's a, a cohort of people who are all going to be first-time authors and, hey, maybe I can do this. So I, I decided to take on this topic of sponsorship. And my observation was that there hadn't really been much innovation in the world of sponsorship and sports marketing, even though it had been around for many decades. The other thing that I observed through my work at EverFi and through my, just my experiences early on in my career was that more and more consumers and customers and employees and investors, they were demanding that companies take a stand for something above and beyond just profits, right? And just return on uh, investment to shareholders. They were saying, look, you know, we need to address things like climate change. You know, there's a lot of inequality. There's all kinds of issues that our society needs to address, and we want businesses to be part of that equation in a concrete way. 
and I could also feel this from, you know, growing up in my generation, I, I was one of those consumers, one of those employees, one of those investors that wanted companies to do better and to be about something that was more than just return on investment for shareholders. So I, I looked at these two things. I looked at the lack of innovation and sponsorship, basically billboards and ballparks is what I like to say of how we've always been doing things for 40, 50 years in sports marketing. Yeah. And I said, you know, that, that doesn't really move the needle, like certainly not for me as a customer. So why are we still, is that the main thing? And then the other thing was, how do we address this consumer need around business for the greater good, right? Like every business to me in this day and age needs to have a strategy on how they're going to make the world better for everybody, but specifically their stakeholders. And so I felt like, all right, sports and entertainment marketing is a great arena, shall we say, or a great platform where businesses can tell this story about their impact and what they're doing to contribute to people on the planet and to making things better for everyone. So that's what 3-1 sponsorship is. It's basically the concept of let's create a win-win-win opportunity using this marketing practice called sponsorship. Let's, let's create a win-win-win opportunity with, the, you know, the first one being for the sponsored entity, a league, a team, an athlete, uh, the second one being the sponsor, the one contributing the funds and the one wanting to get the marketing outcomes. And the third one being the customer, the target audience, and more importantly, society, right? The planet, people on the planet. Uh, so that third win to me is what was missing in sponsorship. If I had to give you a sense of like what my thesis is, and that's at the core of what, you know, three one sponsorship is about is like for you, for sponsorship to be effective in this day and age, you need to integrate a third win because otherwise why will customers in your target market care? That's, that's the ultimate question. I think you, like all markers need to ask themselves is why should my target market care? And three-win sponsorship, the book, the different principles that I lay out in the book is my attempt at trying to figure out how do we do that effectively? How do we integrate that third win into our sponsorship deals? But now that I've kind of spent a few years and started to build a business around this, like I think of win-win-win as just my overarching lens or philosophy or approach to business. So and hopefully that's good enough background. We can kind of dive in from there. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things when I heard your interview, basically expounding on that is just, it all made sense. Their athletes want to do more than just compete and get money from sponsors. They want to find people that share their values and then share products and services with their friends, families, followers that really align. And that was the reason I was so excited to, you know, partner with you because I completely bought into your vision and been really cool to see how it transpired so what was the process like after you had written the book you had this idea and then you went on to found third wing group can you uh dive into that a bit yeah well it was like any entrepreneur is a leap of faith right and just saying basically the timeline was this i started the book started writing the book the very beginning of 2019 by the summer of 2019, I had my, my first draft manuscript done. So I didn't even, it wasn't even finished, but I had at least, you know, 20,000 20, words or something. At that point, you know, I basically decided to leave EverFi 
long story short, it's just, it was time for me to move on. And I kind of felt like, you know what, like I should just go all in on this. Like I've done the research, I've done my homework, I've interviewed people, I've developed all these stories and I've developed these ideas that I think are relevant, that I think are going to be relevant for 10, 20 years. Like, why don't I just capitalize on this? Like, why don't I just build a business around these ideas? And even if I'm wrong, you know, even if it's, it doesn't turn out the way that my thesis from the book, you know, if it doesn't turn out the way I thought it would, at least I would have given it a shot because I've always kind of had this entrepreneurial itch and even worked in a startup when I was like 23, 24 years old that didn't go anywhere. But yeah, I kind of had that itch. I had a clear and compelling, you know, point of view on the world and a certain problem that I felt like I could solve, that I could uniquely solve. So I just said, I'm going to go all in. So like, you know, I had the manuscript, decided to leave EverFi right around the 4th of July, 2019. And then like the next Monday, I went on to the legal Zoom and I filed for you know, my LLC. And I was just like, I'm going to figure this thing out. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to get started. I'm going to figure this thing out. I only had a few potential contacts to like really get me started and start to bring in revenue. But I was like, yeah, I've got this book. I had this point of view that I think, you know, is valuable and will be valuable. Like I'll figure this thing out. So that was how it started. And then, you know, it's funny, Jamie, I actually didn't think I was going to be building an agency when I incorporated third wind group. I thought, you know, I've got this book coming out. I'll sell my ideas. You know, I'll be more of a consultant. I'll go, you know, I'll speak at events and I'll just ideally embed the three win methodology and mindset throughout the industry. That's how I thought I was going to make my impact was, you know, not build something new to compete, if you will, with other companies, but to actually be a, a partner to help all of these different stakeholders within the sports entertainment industry kind of see the light and start to implement win-win-win style partnerships. Mm. That's how I thought it was going to go. But obviously, you know, once you get started in business, it does not go quite how you, how you think it's going to go. This episode is brought to you by Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab is a certified B Corp, makes high-performance skincare by combining pharmaceutical-grade science with nature's most potent ingredients. Finally, a skincare routine that uses non-toxic, sustainable ingredients and actually works. In high school, I got a nasty sunburn that literally burnt the pigment out of my skin and left me with a surprisingly symmetrical two-tone mustache that led to my nickname, the Lorax. I've been playing beach volleyball professionally for over a decade, using sunscreen every day and have spent more time in the sun than I care to think about. I can't tell you how damn happy I am to have a simple and effective daily routine to leave my skin feeling healthy and help offset all the exposure and damage that can come with playing beach volleyball. I use their three product regimen daily. The clean slate is a balancing cleanser I use in the shower. The base layer is a light moisturizer I use every morning. And the good is an antioxidant packed face serum I put on before bed every night. The regimen is backed by a clinical trial with real people and 100% of participants reported healthier looking skin. So I'm not alone when I say this stuff actually works. I love Caldera Lab's mission and products, so I want to share a special discount of 20% off for our impact listeners. Go to calderalab.com slash casebeer or use the discount code casebeer at checkout. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com slash casebeer. You mentioned innovation and the lack thereof, both in sports sponsorship and athlete brand deals too. How is TWG different from its business model compared to the larger, more traditional sports agencies? Yeah. Well, I thought a lot about this and this kind of emerged as 
the business evolved. <clears throat> and it really emerged, honestly, after we met, because I went from thinking I was just going to sell my ideas to, you know, we met, we decided to start working together <clears throat> and basically apply 301 sponsorship to your sponsorship portfolio in your network of brand partners. And so what we've really evolved to now is, and down, down the line, add impact brands to that list. So what do we mean by that? What we mean by that is that we are looking to serve, specifically be the agency of choice for any professional athlete or collegiate athlete, any professional artist or musician, and any professional creator, social entrepreneur who feels like they want to leverage their influence you know, in society for the greater good. And that is, that kind of makes it like cause agnostic. But if we believe in the mission of our clients, like we will make their mission, our mission. And so what we're looking to do that's different in my view from other agencies is both help our clients maximize their earning potential, but also help our clients maximize their impact potential. And by impact, we mean anything that we view as a contribution to the greater good of other people on the planet. So, you know, another way to, to put that is that we are the agency serving individuals on a mission to serve others and protect the planet. So what that means is that like, we're going to, we're building a different type of agency from the legacy ones. In my view, legacy agencies were only exist to serve the bottom line, right? And maximize earning potential. There are some great agencies out there that have done that very well, but we feel like there needs to be agencies, you know, including TWG, hopefully we'll be one of the leaders that are more designed for the future of capitalism and the future of, you know, the economy, which will be more along the lines of, you know, stakeholder capitalism, human-centered capitalism, things that we feel like we need to get to so that more people can share in the abundance of our economy, certainly here in the United States, but then eventually around the world. So we want to help to create that transition and be an, an, op, an option, certainly for talent right now in the sports entertainment industry, but in the future, I'm sure there'll be other types of clients that we can help both on the revenue side and on the impact side. And how do you, just as an example, how do you embed impact? How do you get that third win? So I think most people are familiar with, you know, a musician working with a brand, putting on a commercial or posting on social media or an athlete having their logo on competition gear, posting on social media, which is kind of now the kind of de facto way of doing it. But how do you get that third win? Is it partnering with nonprofits and how do you work with the athlete or artist to find that cause that they're passionate about and bring that to life. Yeah. Well, this is where I, I come back to some of the principles that I identified in the book and in guiding the process. And the first thing that, that I think of and how do we do this is intention and like thoughtfulness really. So for, for an athlete that we represent, yeah, you being the best example right now, it is like, what speaks to you? What cause or causes speak to you from your past experiences, from who you are today, from who you want to be in the future? What can you authentic? So this is kind of going into the second principle, but what can you authentically contribute to? What are your skills? What are your passions? 
you know, what, how do you want the world to be, you know, for, for, you know, 10, 20 years from now and for generations to come. And once we get around to, you know, pinpointing one, two, or maybe up to three cause areas that we want to contribute on, then it is like, all right, let's get intentional about what do we want the outcome to be? You know, let's begin with the end in mind, if you will. So we say, let's begin with the third win in mind. How do we want to contribute to society? How do we want to contribute to the planet? Then we start working backwards and saying, okay, now which companies, which brands, which nonprofit organizations can we partner with to go out and pursue that mission? Then it's, then it becomes, you know, a little bit more of the traditional, like, all right, how do we find partners? We have to, you know, build up a pipeline of opportunities. We have to do outreach. We have to do all of the kind of sales related activities to get to that, those partnership discussions. But because we've taken the time up front to identify with our clients, like, all right, what do we, what change do we want to make? then it's a much better conversation where we're talking about shared values and aligning for a long-term partnership around, you know, creating value, not only for ourselves, but for, you know, other people and to, to try and you know, make improvements in, in areas that we think we can, we can authentically make a contribution to. So that's, that's kind of the start of the process is, we, we started, we kind of begin with the end in mind or begin with the third win in mind. And then we think about, all right, what speaks to us when it comes to a cause, when it comes to a mission, how can we show up for other people and for our environment so that, you know, we move this place a little bit better than, than where we found it. Yeah. And that was the coolest part about when we started working together, I had kind of think about the end in mind. Like I had an idea of where I wanted to go in terms of working with brands and nonprofits, but how to do that, how to position it, the logistics, it can be pretty overwhelming to do, try and do that as by yourself, as an athlete, while you're training, competing, traveling, then you were, you and Eric, uh, other partner at TWG were instrumental in helping me become an ambassador for probably for the oceans and for stewardship council. And then going backwards from there, finding brands that align with my values, whose products I love that I genuinely want to represent and that have third-party certifications like B Corp, 1% for the planet and climate neutral. So I know they have that tangible, transparent action that they're really taking the time to understand and get their own house in order to treat their manufacturers well throughout the supply chain, their customers, the environment, how they show up in the community. Yeah, after doing, after playing professionally for 10 years and doing sponsorship every which way, and sometimes working with brands just because they had some money when I was starting out, I don't want to sling discounted protein powder on social media. Like, you know, I want to work with brands that really align with my values. So I think you were definitely ahead of the trend and now we're seeing that play out in a big way. What are some examples, I guess, in the global sports community that you think represent the third win? Obviously the last few years, it's become more and more apparent. Can you give some examples that people may be familiar with? Yeah, absolutely. There's to be fair, like I'm not the only one who's thinking of this. And I, I will say like in recent years, I've been really, really encouraged by how many sponsorship deals I'm seeing that are having that higher purpose yeah. to them. So let me give you a good example. Kind of one of the OGs I think is uh, Barcelona, the uh, Barcelona FC in Spain. They actually sold their Jersey sponsorship, which is kind of the, the best real estate in 
European football um, to UNICEF. And UNICEF being a global nonprofit organization, you know, I can't speak to all of the details, but think of the amount of exposure that that club provided to UNICEF by, you know, putting them on the front of their jerseys. And this was during a time when they had one of the greatest players ever, Lionel Messi, you know, as the star of their club. So extremely successful. To me, that's like, okay, why why is this relevant, right? And going back to what you were saying, like, why should I care? That is one of what marketers are coming up against all the time. So I love how Barcelona kind of leveraged their influence and leveraged their most, one of their most valuable sponsorship assets for a cause that's greater than just football for our yeah, friends uh, in Europe. Yeah. Um, let's bring it back to the U.S. though. I think that in, in terms of individual athletes, someone who I admire most for kind of the way they embody win-win-win deals is Steph Curry, even if they don't necessarily call it uh, this in, in yeah. Ste- on Steph's team. I observed the deal that he did with Callaway uh, a couple of years ago. Interestingly enough, you know, Steph's one of the great basketball players, but he did this deal with Callaway because he loves playing golf you know, in his free time in the off season. So it wasn't just your traditional, okay, you know, we'll pay you millions of dollars. You show up on our advertisements, you make appearances, you maybe post about us online that it was also about what's increased diversity in the game of golf. And how did they do that? Well, number one, Steph made this contribution to Howard university here in DC to basically start their golf program. They didn't have a Division one or the uh, collegiate golf program at Howard, and then Steph seeded that program with a donation from his foundation. And then he said to Callaway, "If this is going to be a thing, like if we're going to work together, I want you all to chip in as well to help fund this program." And then he also brought in Under Armour, another one of his sponsors, to contribute to that. But then you you kind of see like why this is compelling. This is a co- very compelling story, right? It's Stephen Curry, one of the greatest basketball players of all time and one of our current greats, teaming up with a golf brand that in order to drive access and you know, more equal opportunity for people from diverse backgrounds in the game of golf, which has traditionally been you know, pretty, pretty closed off, right? And pretty like, you know, old and white guys, you know? So... That's just one of many. If you look across Steph's sponsorship portfolio, you can see these different third win integrations that he's he's bolting in, like with Rakuten, with other sponsors of his. So that's if you want to, you know, kind of see three one sponsorship in action, definitely check out Steph and and what he's doing with his partners. Yeah, he's definitely a prime example. Would love to kind of touch on some of the ways and again i keep saying sports but this also applies to musicians and creatives as well but we'll just say sports for this sake of clarity what are ways that athletes can use their platform through partnerships with values aligned brands and nonprofits? because one of the things i realized when we were kind of just getting going is so many nonprofits that align with the mission i care about which is basically working towards ending climate change and working towards sustainability in the baratest sense of the word, just by sharing a post that a nonprofit has, that's massive because nonprofits don't have the budget, the, you know, the star power to hire celebrities to endorse. So just taking a simple action, like resharing a post of, from a nonprofit 
or chipping in a few dollars here and there, or a substantial amount like Steph Curry. There's so many different ways that athletes and artists can give back and work to have a tangible impact through partnerships. So we'd love for you to kind of riff on that a bit. You, you make a great point. And that the main thing that I think about is because of social media these days and in recent you know, years, you know, every athlete has an audience, right? Every audience, every athlete has attention that comes with that through social media. Now, the equation that, that you know, how I see this, um, that, that helps me kind of break down why this is important is, you know, if you have an audience, you have attention. If you have attention, you have power, right? Because when people give you their attention, that is them giving you their time and their energy. Uh, that's like one of the most powerful things on the planet, right? In, the, in human society. So every athlete to me, you know, if you have the opportunity to recognize that and then to ask yourself, what am I going to do with this power, right? And that goes for, you know, collegiate athletes, high school athletes, you know, when you're just getting started, you barely have any attention or any audience all the way up to the Steph Curry's, the Naomi Osaka's of the world, right? It's a, it's a different level. Certainly you certainly have more reach and more of an audience and more attention as you get higher up, but every athlete, just the way that our society is set up these days, you know, you have an, if you have an audience, you have attention. If you have attention, you have power. And if you have power, then what are you going to do with it? Right? So that's why I feel like something like TWG needs to exist is because not every athlete recognizes that power that they have to contribute to the greater good, right? And I'm not saying this is a requirement, by the way, you know, for all intents and purposes, like any, any athlete can basically just decide to be as good as they can be as an athlete, be good to their family, be good to their friends, their teammates, their community, and that's good enough. Right. I'm, I'm not here to say that this is a responsibility that every athlete must go do this. However, if you feel right, if you feel called to do this, you know, I think there's an element of that. If you feel called to use this power that you have, uh, to contribute, then, you know, there's an amazing opportunity for you. So with that in mind, like. Then it becomes a question of where am I going to direct my energy? Where am I going to leverage myself to contribute? And I also don't encourage athletes to think about changing the world. I think the world is going to change no matter what you or me or anybody on planet earth does really. I, I encourage athletes to think about like service, service to others, contribution, positive contribution. Where can I contribute? Who might I serve? How might I be? helpful. That kind of takes the pressure off number one. <laughs> and number two, it helps you really answer that question of like, all right, what can I authentically contribute to? You know, for you, it's, it's more kind of environmentalism and environmental advocacy and sustainability for some of our other clients. Like we have a, an indie band that we represent called shade them. It's more around mental health and more around the LGBTQ plus community for another client. Is more of a social entrepreneur, Darius Baxter. It's poverty alleviation and lifting families out of poverty and just putting all of his energy really in DC where he grew up and lifting up families that are experiencing poverty. You know, and for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. But, you know, what, what I think is really cool is that 
you get you kind of if you plant your flag and say i want to contribute to this you're going to attract more followers you're going to attract more attention you're also going to attract partners who basically want to root you on and support you and want to you know propel you on your mission and that's where the magic of you know partnership and sponsorship comes in it's because brands it's it's much better for them to like support an individual on their mission than for the brand themselves to to pound their chest saying how great they are and how wonderful all their initiatives are definitely right so that's what i think is the key that we're trying to unlock here is like all right let's let's help and support the most impactful athletes artists and creators that we can find and then let's be a matchmaker between them and sponsors and other nonprofit partners and really anybody who can propel them on their mission. And if I were to say like what our theory of change is as an organization, that's pretty much it, you know? And I think the more we scale our business, the more that we're going to scale our impact. And that gets me really fired up. Yeah. Likewise, man. And that's the cool thing too, is especially for sports musicians, you can, you know, go into your sixties or seventies if you want to, but professional athletes have depending on the sport, two to four or five years max. And so many athletes don't really have plan B for when they retire or if they get injured and getting to work with nonprofits and brands that align with their values. I've been super fortunate to learn a ton from the founders and the brands that I work with who like Mir, for example, I've gotten to learn so much from Brian Pape, who's founded his company, I believe 12 or 13 years ago, and is B Corp 1% for the planet and climate neutral certified. Like he's thought long and hard about what it means to be a environmentally sustainable company. And he makes the point that it's a total process. They're not perfect. They can always improve, but it's just so cool to get to make those connections and get to uh, riff off ideas back and forth and learn from the people that have been already been at it for, you know, a decade or so. Well, well said, man. And what occurs to me too, is like, you know, Jeremy, what if you didn't have this other thing outside of volleyball, you know, as your career winded down, I'm like, I didn't for a long time. And it's like professional sports is grinding, you know, like you, you work your ass off, you put in the hours, but things don't always go your way. And I've had some dark moments where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Is this worth it? And Granted, it's a lot to balance be being the best athlete possible and other endeavors that I'm working towards with these brand and nonprofit partnerships, but it's also rejuvenating. Like it gives me more energy. If I were, I can't go volley only for 12 months year round. I've done that for a couple of years back to back and it's too much. You need, mm. I personally, obviously everyone's different, but it's energizing to have these other outlets and have these other projects that you're working towards. It's yeah. Well, here, here's the point though, you know, selfishly, why, why get involved as a professional athlete, artist, musician, et cetera, why get involved with these extra things? To me, it's because, you know, you never know like what, what the future holds for your career, whether it be sports, music, film, et cetera. And like, there's a lot of, there's a long history of athletes and, and musicians and artists having mental health issues because. It's like, what else is there? If I'm not successful in my exactly. career of sports or music, what else is there? I, I'm, there's kind of a void. And when you have that void in your life, that's when despair can come in and mental health issues can really crop up. So to me, like this is, this is obviously 
for the greater good of others. But it's also like in a selfish sense, it's like, how can we live a more meaningful, full life? Exactly. Right. That's why you would come work with us. Right. And this isn't a, you know, I obviously, you know, I'm in that stage. Where I'm always in promo mode, but like, this is for any athlete, any agency doing business these days. It's like, shouldn't we be supporting athletes and helping them live meaningful lives that they can be proud of? Like that's, that's why I get so pumped every day to, to go to work, right. And to work on this business is it's like, it's not just, we want to contribute um, to people on the planet. That's, that's obviously at the core of what, why we exist. But it's also like, how do we, how do we make sure all of our clients have a very well-rounded, very meaningful life that they can look back on and they don't face those issues of when they're transitioning out of their career in sports, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to you know, make that transition easier. You're, you, you've, yeah. you go through this and do this hard, like internal work to figure out like, okay, I'm more than just an athlete, right. To borrow a term from LeBron James, like I'm an athlete and I'm also, you know, an environmental advocate. I'm also a podcaster. I'm also a parent. I'm also, and then you, you realize it's like, sports is really just a platform that I'm on for a while and I'll have the world's attention for a little while. But after that, like, I got to find another way to contribute. And, and, you know, that's, that's why I think it's pretty cool is, you know, you can figure out and while you have the world's attention as an athlete, you can start to, you know, build up that, shall we say, pipeline of opportunities that you can then continue to work on, you know, long after your playing days are over. Yeah. And also just taking the time to figure it out figure out what problems you want to focus on and what, how you may be able to uniquely contribute to those. Cause it took me a long time. I've always been interested, you know, grew up outdoors, camping, hiking, surfing. I knew I loved the environment and wanted to do something around it. But man, even before I met you two years ago, it took me like five, six, seven years to like, you know, learn enough, go back to UCLA, get certificate of sustainability. Read I don't know how many books and podcasts before like really kind of narrowing in, all right, here's how I can be of service. Here's the role I can play. And here's the space I want to be working in when I'm done playing. And this is how I'm going to start working towards that. Well, I still have, you know, potentially as volleyball, 10 more volleyball player, 10 more years left in my career. So that when that time is right to hang it up, I have a very clear vision of where I want to go. And, you know, I've got a network of people I've already worked with that can help me get there faster. 100%. And yeah, as you're, as you're talking, Jeremy, the other thing that occurred to me was, you know, like athletes are natural leaders, right? Like athletes, artists, musicians, like natural leaders who, who are committed to excellence, right? That's why you know, athletes who have made it to the professional ranks have made it there because they were committed to excellence over a long period of time. In my mind, that makes them natural leaders. And I just feel like when, and we are so devoid of good leaders in the world, and certainly in, in the United States these days, it's like, man, wouldn't it be nice to like have like some leaders step up? And like if, if the government isn't going to, you know, government leaders aren't going to step up and, and be for the people and for the planet. If, you know, corporate media and large corporations and legacy corporations aren't going to step up and be leaders that are for people on the planet. Well, somebody, yeah, I hope somebody will step up. I do think that we've seen athletes really stepping into that leadership role 
little bit of that leadership vacuum that we've had uh, in recent years. You go back to you know the summer of 2020 when the NBA players had that wild kite strike as part of the Black Lives Matter movement. You go back to the Olympics last summer with Simone Biles, yeah. who took the time literally from one of the biggest moments in her career as an athlete to, you know, protect her mental health and then make that a teachable moment for the rest of society. Like that is amazing impact right there. Just by actions, actions, you know, are really, really meaningful when, when athletes use that platform and that influence and that power that they have to push people forward and put, push society forward. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I just watched drive survive, um, fair to say 20, in 24 hours, watched the whole recent season. And I think Lewis Hamilton is also a perfect example. You know, he's at the mm -hmm. pinnacle of the sport. He's won seven world championships in a row. Who knows how many billions of views and impressions and social media pings he's gotten over the last seven years, but he's also using his platform for good by talking about, you know, his personal experience and the lack of diversity in the sport. And I think that's the thing that I know we're not even a fraction of his level of success in sport, but I've won a uh, AVP tournament and now I'm an AVP champion. Even if I won, you know, 20, 30 more, which would be very, very difficult. Yes, I'd be proud of that, but that wouldn't be like my defining, that wouldn't be my legacy. You know, I want something more than competitive success. And I feel like there's an idea of, you know, every, say volleyball, for example, every tournament, there's one winner and everyone else is losers. And sure, some people aren't expecting to do well. So like, you know, making the quarterfinals is great for them, but if when you base success around one person out of, you know, 20, 30, 40 competitors, and there's one success, successful team, that's a complete missed opportunity. So when you start incorporating purpose into not only sports sponsorship, but the business of sport, what can the leagues and teams do in their local community, working with nonprofits around issues that they care about, then that's just more meaningful. It's a more well-rounded business model. It's more well-rounded experience for the athletes, for the and these, some of these sports organizations employ, you know, thousands of people. So people want to know that they're showing up to work, to do strong work, to work towards competitive success and win championships and titles and whatnot, but that there's also a tangible impact in their local community and the lives of the people that they see daily. I mean, well, well said, Jeremy, because literally in every sport, you know, you go down the line, there's always got to be one champion. And there's always got to be somebody who's in last place. Yeah. And if you, if every year you're just saying like, this is the only reason why we exist to win and lose games, then when you do have those off years, when you do, you know, fall on hard times and you, and maybe you're, you know, you, you have injuries or you, you like, it's even stuff that is out of your control that happens. Yeah. Then like what, then again, why should fans care? Right. Yeah. Why should fans care? It's, it, it, it is that, that really compelling question and i think almost every franchise almost every league around the world if they looked at it as two separate things right like you have the competition side and of course the goal every single year is to win yeah win as much as you can win the championship if you can but on the other side is like it's not even competition it's just collaboration to lift people up yeah and like you could be the last place team like my major league baseball team has been in recent years, the Baltimore Orioles, you could be the last place team, but you could literally change people's lives in the city of Baltimore. And, and I think everybody would agree that that would be a net positive. If you had the last place team, but you had 
you know, literally, you know, you raised a certain amount of money for charities or you, you know, helped increase, you know, the graduation rate at high schools in Baltimore, or you helped decrease the crime rate, or you just helped improve the prosperity of the city in many ways that go beyond diamond. I think everybody would agree that the Orioles are a championship franchise. You see what I mean by that? And like, this is my like ultimate vision for sports entertainment is that we go beyond, you know, the wins and losses when we talk about success. Right. And I think it it will take some time. I do think we're still early in this evolution of sports, but like we absolutely can get there. If we just, we just continue to work, continue to spread the, spread the good word. Right. And continue to inspire people to pursue this path. I think sports can be very transformative in communities around the world. Wow, hundred percent. And it doesn't take that much. Think about the amount of money that's in professional sports and professional marketing deals and brand deals, even just for an athlete to show up in a local community to do a clinic or tree planting or food drive or something like that, you know, that can change a kid's life and who knows the ripple effects from there. So there's definitely a lot of opportunity in embedding impact and purpose into sports and entertainment. What were your thoughts two years ago when you had just finished writing the book and you were founding TWG as an impact agency? And what have you been surprised by after, you know, two years operating and building and growing the business? Yeah, well, yeah, it's hard for me to really pinpoint like my my thoughts back then. But as I reflect on, you know, what the journey has been like so far, I really think that like ultimately why I started, you know, the business and why I wrote the book was because I was like really dissatisfied with the status quo. I think, you know, that's like a core reason why anybody starts a business. But, you know, I was just overall dissatisfied with like the status quo of everything, like the status quo of, of business and this, you know, the way we've been basically worshiping shareholder privacy theory for 50, 60 years. You know, I was dissatisfied with the way things were going with climate change. I was dissatisfied with the way things are going in terms of inequality. And I was like, man, I want to make at least a small dent in this stuff. And I want to basically turn, turn things around. I didn't like the way things were going, certainly here in the U.S., but also abroad. I didn't like all the negativity, all the polarization. Just I, I wanted things to be better. You know, that's, that's ultimately why I wanted to start this thing. And guess what I've realized is that there are lots of reasons to be optimistic. That's like the biggest thing that I've taken from the early days of starting TWG is like, there are great people. They're starting great companies and organizations that have the same intentions as you and me. And I'm sure some of the listeners of this show of like, yeah, things can and should be better. And it's going to be hard, but we should change things, right? We, we cannot stick with the way we've been doing things for, for generations now. And it's up to us, to, you know, to like literally, you know, push, keep pushing things forward. I know that might seem like a grandiose vision for a sports agency or sports entertainment agency. And maybe, you know, I'm sure there will be critics who say like, oh, why would athletes and musicians tell us what to do? Well, what I would ask those critics would be, are, are the current leaders in positions of power really delivering the results that you, that you want? Maybe we should look at alternative leaders. Maybe we should look at alternative points of view from uncommon places that maybe we haven't really relied on in the past. So I'm just more and more as I continue to build a business and work with you, work with our partner, Eric, you know, bring on the new clients that we brought on, partner with new 
companies that have that similar win-win-win mindset, I'm filled with hope mostly. And I know it's going to be a long haul, right? Like <laughs> there's a lot of intractable problems out there, um, but I'm still filled with hope because of how many people are of a like mind and who, who really believe we actually can come up with climate solutions. We actually can work on some of these systemic things that have been kind of holding us back for a long time. Yeah, that and like the other thing that was has maybe not been a surprise, but just been like a real eye opener in the process is like, I, there's a ton of stuff I don't know. And um, I've definitely been humbled in the process. Certainly like we talk about Eric, my business partner, he's an accountant and I'm like, <laughs> I can never do what he does, right? Like he, he has a way to like really go into the details and figure things out, right? So what I've learned is that it's much better to, you know, make sure you find people you can work with who are of a like mind, but have complementary skills and who can basically you can work together and the sum is greater than the, than the individual parts. And I think that col that collaboration mindset has been the most important thing so far and will probably continue to be the most important thing for me and for, for TWG as we go forward. So yeah, those would be the two things like hope and then that, that collaborative mindset and kind of staying humble and hopefully that will serve us well moving forward. Well said, man. Well said. Yeah. A hundred percent for the collaborative uh, framework. I've been managing my own sponsorships and partnerships for very part of a decade and yeah, working with you guys has been night and day. The projects we're working on and some of the partnerships that were coming out soon, I'm couldn't be happier with and getting to do it with you and Eric and then some of the amazing B Corp and 1% over the planet brands. And yeah, I think, and also it doesn't have to be daunting. Like it takes a while to figure out what that next best step is. But from some of the conversations I've had on the podcast, all the people that I respect the most, their businesses are most impactful and they've just really thought deeply about it. what's the next best step? How can we get better this week, this month, this year? Where's one quick win, one long-term project that we can work on. So it's been a pleasure so far and I'm excited for uh, what TWG has in store. Yeah, well, thank you, Jeremy. You literally uh, were, you know, you were the first one to to buy into us and to our vision. And like, we literally couldn't have gotten even to this point without you. And man, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to see where we go from here. So thank you, man. And thanks for having me on the show. Hey, this is Jeremy again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Our Impact. I hope you found this conversation useful and interesting. If you have any feedback about this episode, suggestions for future guests or topics, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.